Everybody ready? Everybody's working for the weekend. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. It's Friday. I'm in love. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Anytime, Austin. More of me is is the better. All right, it's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. It's a football Friday here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll we'll, we'll, uh, forego our traditional uh, introductions, Gordon. Uh, Jake Scott, Gordon Monson with us. Uh, we are live here today from Southtown Mall. We are in the uh, the Southwest parking lot. Um, best way to describe it, you can see it from the, the freeway. And we're here with our friends from Stewart Healthcare. We're at the Serve Pro Firefighter Challenge. We're going to be talking all about it, Gordon. But uh, Fridays throughout the football season, uh, you and I are going to have a, a couple of guest hosts for a couple of hours, uh, Gordo. And uh, this is something we're both really excited about. Oh, this ought to be good. This ought to be. It'll be a lot better than it was when it, when Scotty and oh yeah and Hans were doing it. I mean, because see, here's the thing, Jake. The big show can relate to people, good people especially, <laughs> not so much bad people, but good people we got, and we got good people. Yeah, that we do. Uh, joining us here at Southtown Mall, of course, the legend, Coach Ron McBride, and uh, our good friend. I always love how that introduction goes. The legend Ron McBride and the Lemma Harrington. And I take that because I have great respect for the legend, the icon, the you know the coach that, that I have great admiration for, which is, of course, Coach Ron McBride, Coach Mack. And um, always you know thrilled to have opportunities. We get chances sometimes outside of the broadcast um, uh, venue to, to work together on different projects and and there's nobody that that you know impacts the community the way that coach mac does and so i'm always grateful for it's an honor for me to be with coach mac <laughs> boy i tell you somebody pay you for that <laughs> <laughs> i think our listeners know the truth uh, no know the doubt. truth of that yeah so a couple of things real quick and then we'll we'll dive right into it and we're going to talk lots of football and we're going to do it every friday but uh, first of all it's a pleasure uh, for the big show to carry on the legacy of this show of course it goes back to to coach mac and uh, and lavelle edwards um and just some incredible shows. I had the, the pleasure of filling in on some of those shows yep. and uh, just absolutely uh, had a fantastic time. And then, uh, Alema, you've come aboard and, and carried on that legacy for some of the best radio uh, out there, and not just in this market, but out there, period. And so it's our pleasure to, to carry on this, uh, this legacy. And number two, what a better place to celebrate yeah. uh, September 11th uh, than right here for the Firefighters Challenge. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for a long, long time, and it's a, it's a great pleasure to be a part of it. Can't, can't think of a better way to, uh, 
to mark this occasion. I, I ran into uh, a couple of our firefighters as I was rolling in here, and I'm not I'm not sure what district they were representing, but I had a chance to chat with them, thank them for their service. Um, as you roll in here, and we encourage people to come down, whether you're going to be a spectator or a participant, uh, if you're in the area, come down to what the southwest uh, corner of the parking lot. It's it's uh, by Texas Roadhouse. You can see Macy's from here. Uh, you'll see the American flag. You will see uh, the firefighters uh, and and uh, the fire trucks outside. Bring the kids down. Kids always, you know, to this day, that may never get old, right? Kids wanting to see the fire truck. It's like, let's go see. Can we go hang out? Can we go, you know, look at the hook and ladder and all those kinds of things. So bring the family down, and we'll tell you more about the event that's coming up, which celebrates uh, our firefighters. We got, we got teams coming in from all over the country to participate in this. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Coach Mack, look at that Look at that tower right over there. So, yeah. I mean, how many, what is that uh, limit? Would you say three, four stories? No, no, it's, I think it's five stories high. Five stories. One, so two, three, four, five. they have 175-pound dummies, Coach, oh. and the idea is to race up those stairs. Yeah. Uh, that's toughness right there. Well, I tell you what, I've, I've, I've uh, spoken to the, uh, the, the rookie classes, you know, that they have, that they train out here in, in uh, out there by the Cypress area in, mm, in West Side. So, so I've been out there and watched them with, the, with in, the newcomers and guys training to be firefighters. And they go through a really rigorous uh, deal to become a firefighter. And the people are, the, the, the people in training are just top-notch, you know, top-notch people and uh, I never had so much fun doing that, talking to those people. And Greg Reynolds, who played for me, he was one of the trainers out there. Mm. And he's he's a, a deputy chief now, I think. In the, in the, and so I'd always go out there with Greg and his group and, and uh, talk to the talk to the young the young people. And I usually go to their graduation. So when I graduated, awesome. I usually go to it. And, That's so cool. Yeah. And, and Gordon, I know uh, you know first responders, and uh, that has have been something near and dear to your heart. I, I, I remember the Wing Bowl. Remember that the uh, cops yeah. versus mm-hmm. firefighters Wing Bowl uh, uh, way back in the day. And so you know, I know this uh, important to you as well. No doubt about that. Those guys were a lot of fun. Not only talented and skilled and strong and all those things that Mac was just talking about, but uh, just good folk. Yeah, you talk about the the level of that, of athleticism. If you come down here and see the course that they'll go through, and then picking up the 175 pound dummy and carrying it up the the flight of stairs back and forth, um, you know it's it's kind of like uh, American Ninja. And we have some stands set up. Spectators can come down, socially distance, watch right. this event. And I believe it starts at five o'clock. Is that when the first? That's right. That's, that's when it'll kick off. Kind of opening ceremonies yeah. at five. And yeah. what an amazing look! Check out this uh, trophy presented by. My surf bro over here pretty sweet yeah that's yeah. an awesome trophy just think about you know the um the the winners that get to take that uh back to their station house and put that in their their trophy case that's pretty pretty impressive well, yeah. the guy that wins it's going to be a hero <laughs> yeah, amen amen to that. they're all here yeah, they are they probably day. give them a ne- Probably give them an extra meal, you know, at, at the firehouse. Hey, Jake, I was just thinking, what would happen if Mac or Alema were hauling those dummies up the stairs? Uh, how would that go? Mac would win. <laughs> I don't think so. Mac would win. I'd have to use my cane to get oh, up there. Oh, why? 
Well, I mean, you you could you could still look at you. You're in fine uh, uh, you, physical you know, shape. This, this is more, there. yeah, that's more cosmetic than anything else. <laughs> if I had to do something that would require me to have some sort of stamina and and like going up those stairs, I pretty think think I'd be gassed. I told the firefighters I was talking with earlier, I'd make it to the third level and then I'd have to tap out and then see if Coach Mack could finish the rest. <laughs> oh, I like that kind of a relay kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah and right. they do. They got they got team competition here, and you got individual competition. So there's plenty of events that are, that are going to be going on down here. I'm excited. I mean, this this is a really cool-looking venue, the way that they have set this thing up. Um, I'm looking forward to the competition taking place uh, later here today. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. As uh, Alema mentioned, opening ceremonies are at 5. And if you're looking for something fun to do on a Friday, uh, uh, come on down and, and watch these guys do their thing. It's going to be really cool. All right. We, uh, we of course, are going to talk a lot of football on Football Friday. And there are a number of places to start. And uh, I figure, Coach Mack, let's let's start uh, with a football game that we've seen. Football is back. And we saw BYU well, uh, take it to Navy. And well, want to get your I, thoughts. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I I texted uh, Sataki right after the, you know right after the game, and I was so impressed with the offensive line and their you know this is their tight combinations and their and their steps, you know, and the use of their hands, you know. I mean, those guys it was classic mm. because you know they were running basically zone. You know, inside zone, outside zone, stretch zone. And and I'll tell you what, they were, I mean, their three technique and, and their six technique and and the, their, they didn't have a chance because those guys, I'll tell you what, that that offensive line, that's a good crew. You know, I mean, that, that is a really good group. Those guys are well coached, well taught, and they're not, they're not just big. They're not just big, slow guys. I mean, they, these guys are these guys are good players, and and they understand the concept of what they're being taught. And I was really impressed with them. The running backs obviously knew how to hit the creases, and the creases were used. And and Wilson was was uh, very good. You know, I mean, I thought. He was well prepared. He knew what to do. He even the throw that he, where he threw the pick wasn't a bad throw because the receivers yeah. stumbled. But because the run game was so good, it opened up the passing game. You know, in other words, he could take what you want because they're just stoning them in the run game. I got to ask you, Coach, because you know, for for me, as I watched, of course, thrilled to see BYU be successful the way that they were. And for me, I heard so much coming out of camp. That, that you couldn't really verify because nobody was able nobody to you saw it. go, yeah. right? So you're hearing all these rumors coming out of camp. It's like best offensive line in 20 years. And, and for me, I was, you know, cautiously optimistic, kind of, oh, okay, well, let's wait and see. And um, and then you have the injury to Bushman, and, and then, you know, that impacts the, the offensive line too. But uh, the rumor was absolutely true, which was BYU's offensive line, Coach, you, you know, if we were going to try to, you know, rank it in the last 20 years, probably one of the best offensive well, I, lines I've seen. And let me just qualify this because on the other side of it, and, and probably very evident to you, Coach, you know, as you prepared for a first game of the season, I don't know that I've ever seen it be more obvious 
that a team had not had contact drills than it was the way it was manifest in that game against Navy. Because we know those guys are warriors, right? We know those guys are disciplined. And BYU ran roughshod over them, and they were unable to tackle. And they looked like a team that had not had contact drills. And it was was painfully obvious. That being said, um, if you were going to rank this offensive line, is it one of the better ones, if not the best that you've seen come out of BYU? Given that we have a small sample size but I, to me that that's as good an offensive line as I've seen come out of BYU in a first game yeah absolutely I mean how, how could you not say it? I mean I've I felt bad for the, you know the all the things that the Navy had to do to prepare for the game and uh, you know when I listen to uh, listen to the radio listen to the Navy you know Navy the Navy coach and and, uh, and then when I, one thing I picked up when he was talking is the fact they were going to start a new, a new quarterback that's been there for three years, and I'm thinking, well, he's been there for three years and he hasn't seen the field much, you know, the guy can't be. And then he said, well, the best thing about his game is he can throw the ball. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, because the nature of the offense is is attack. You know, in other words, if you're running, if you're running. Uh, Option, option type, you know, wishbone type effect of blocking schemes. It's that you're attacking all the time, three, 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 you know, and and get a get a a, a a fourth and one, a fourth and two, and you go for it every time. I mean, that's kind of the philosophy of the offense. And I could see right from the start that BYU's defense was completely prepared. And they played their. You you got to to play that against that offense. You got to be gap sound, and you and you got to make sure that you got everything covered. And if the free safety is responsible for the pitch, you know he he's got to be able to get to the alley on the pitch. And and uh, and I could tell right from the beginning. First of all, uh, BYU never gave up a big play, which usually in that offense. You're going to get stoned, you're going to get stoned, you're going to get stoned. Then you're going to break one mm-hmm. for 20 right? because somebody made a mistake. And so so uh, uh, as they say with an option offense, Navy was always behind schedule because the offense is predicated on, on being on schedule. Everything's got to be – got to have three-plus yards on first down. Mm-hmm. And then you can dictate the rest of the other two downs. But if you're – Second and eight, second and nine, then you're you're off you're off track. So now you got to do something to make up for the next. So then on the second down, you've got to get a plus five or a plus six. Right. So now you're maybe you're you're you say okay, well they're taking away the the dive. Okay, so now maybe we go go with the follow play of, or the with the keep or try to get the, the ball out in the alley. But BYU, like like the nose guard, he was taking up two blockers all the time. The whole game, yeah. And mm-hmm. defeat him. And that, that guy, you know, he's a special player. He is. I remember when I saw him four years ago, he came back off a mission. I'm training some kids over at the old gym that, that – uh, that's now no longer in in. Uh, Although the one that that's over uh, by Mobetta uh, in uh, 
Of course, like, your landmark is Mo Betta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one, the the, the one that uh, that uh, uh, Haloti had. Yeah, Haloti's yeah. gym. Yeah. yeah. So we're training. I'm training the kids. And here comes Tonga. You know, uh-huh. he comes in the gym, <laughs> and he signed with Utah out of high school, right? So he walks in. He's got a BYU shirt on. It's about this big. <laughs> and he walks in. I said. What's that shirt? <laughs> and he looks at me and he laughs. He said, yeah, coach, I changed my mind. I'm going to the BYU. <laughs> to the BYU. I said, they must have got to you on your mission, right? I said, who was? We would never. We would never, oh coach. Oh, my God. Coach, hey, we would oh, never. Hey, <laughs> BYU wouldn't interfere with you on the mission unless you were a good player. <laughs> so I said, I, said, I said, well, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? He said, well, it was my calling. <laughs> I said, I said, come on, dude. <laughs> you know, but, but, he, and I think he played at Granger, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, and he is a really good player. He is great. You know, and his technique has improved so much yeah. from the beginning to where he is now. Yeah, he's 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 a. I tell you what, when he wants to play, yeah, he's a man child. You know, I mean, he's and and I got a lot of respect for that kid. So I hope. I hope he's listening. I'm proud of you, son. Okay. You belong at Utah. You belong but at the BYU. That, but you're at, the, glad you're at the BYU. At the BYU. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, you and, I, uh, you and I talked about Navy, and, and Ken uh, Niamatololo said after the game that they had not had any contact practice. I mean, they, they went in, you know, um, you know, they were very careful and conservative about how they, they dealt with everything, Gordon. And we talked about how, you know, great performance from BYU, but we want to, you know, it'd be fun to see this team more tested. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. But BYU just dominated them physically like uh, uh, Mac and Alemo were talking about there. And when that happens, I don't know, Mac, if you ever if you remember circumstances where your team was just getting run over like that. I, I don't know what you can do uh, when you're outsized like that and you're out prepared like that. I mean, that must be just a feeling of helplessness on the sideline. Well, yeah, you get, you know, from from the Navy standpoint, you're sitting there thinking about adjustments that you can make and, uh, you know, OK, do, do we bring more pressure? Do we fill the gaps more? What are we going to do to stop, you know, uh, do we add another guy to the line of scrimmage, take one guy to the secondary? I mean, they had a lot of decisions to make during the game, but I didn't see them make a lot of adjustments because they were playing that, that it looked like pretty much the same front and maybe moved it a little more, but but they were like, it was like uh, dummies out there, you know, as far as, you know, <laughs> I mean, your combinations are there, let's go. Let's get up and knock these guys off the ball and, and create creases. And I, and a lot of times the linebackers were playing behind the combo blocks. In other words, you'd have a nice combo block and, and the linebacker should be playing in the A-gap and he's actually in the backside mm-hmm. E-gap. So therefore he, he creates his own crease because he's playing behind the block. So he's not read for some reason, he's not reading his key properly or it could be because they haven't been going full speed. You know, in other words, all of a sudden, they're at one tempo in practice, and now it becomes game time as a different tempo. Yeah, and they had never gone 
you know, just full speed. Not 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 through the the entire um, you know uh, preparation for this game. And and you're absolutely right. Linebackers finding themselves behind the block, and so you got running backs into the you know second third level immediately. Because if you're if you're not in the right gap, you're going to expose two creases. Right. So if you're in the wrong gap, all of a sudden the A gap and the B gap on the backside open up, you know, and and all of a sudden that running back has good vision. He's looking at it and he sees all of a sudden he sees daylight. And he just, boom, boom, boom. He's, and, and he's squared up when he hits the hole, which is a key. And then he can see. And, and you know, the, the, uh, the running backs did a good job of reading their keys. And, and they, were, they were like, hey, those guys got yeah. hungrier as the game went on. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you see those kind of spaces, you're running back, man, you're like just frothing at the bit. Hey, hey, give me the ball, Ale- man. Alema and Jake, yeah. let, me tell you, let me tell you a story about Mac. Uh, one of the most memorable days I've ever spent in my I entire I know where he's career. going. I know where he's going right <laughs> now. I mean, it was, it was, it, I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I, and this was like 25 <laughs> years ago, and I remember it so keenly. Mac was good enough to allow me to come down to uh, Camp Carbon, right, in Price, where the youths were were uh, having their their fall camp, and he let me come down and just follow him everywhere he went that day. Mac, you know I love telling these stories, but it was <laughs> such a keen insight, and I just so I just followed Mac wherever he went. I followed him, almost fell asleep a couple times, but other than that, I was <laughs> I was just tailing him. And we and the youths were in in summer practice, man. They were out there working their butts. And Mac is watching the whole thing. And finally, he got sick and tired of what he was seeing out of his offensive line. And he went out there. And, Mac, I don't know how old you were at this time, but he had seen enough. He had seen enough of what he didn't want to see. And he got out there, and he got in front of those offensive linemen. He got right up in their faces. And pretty soon, Mac is going, I think you were doing up-downs or something. I don't know what you were doing, Mac, but he had grass he had grass blades all over his body. He's showing these guys how they're supposed to do this and that and the other. And he's out there dancing around. I thought they were fencing. I didn't know they were. But, they were, but I mean, he was, he was showing them how to do their work from a standpoint of an offensive line. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was so energetic. And, Mackie were so fired up. And those guys, before they were done, before you were done with them, they were ready to walk through a wall. And that's what they became. They became like a wall. It, there's a real science behind that. And when I saw what BYU was doing the other day, I thought of you, Mac, and how that, that's such a big part of your background in football. You must love seeing that kind of play. Oh, I absolutely did, you know. And, and you know, one of, the, one of the reasons that we went to Camp Carbon is because as a football program, we were not tough enough. And this was a way... Because at that time, down in that, that area of the country, you know, all the mines were closing, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people without jobs down there. And it was the ideal place to take a team because they, they could see what surrounds them and they could see, okay, you know, these people are working hard down here to try to make a living. And a lot of, a lot of their jobs are not there. A lot of the housing is closed down. You see how tough it is to survive in this world, 
and that's how you you've got to learn to play football. You got to learn to play football like it's like it's your survival. Mm. And so that's why we went down there and put them in some some situations that were not ideal for them. And uh, the people in down in Camp Carbon took us in as a family, had barbecues for the kids brought the food for the kids and these are people who didn't have anything basically and were struggling but they were willing to give back to this team and come out and watch practice hang out you know in fact there was a water shortage at the time and they couldn't water the lawn so they would bring the water in from the mines and Hmm. water the fields so these big trucks would come from the mines Hmm. as a favor and come down and water the field for us before we go out to practice. That's hey guys, I know I know we got to go to break, but I I got to tell you how that day ended up. And Mac, you've heard me tell this story before, but so Mac has been yelling at these players all day long, you know, and he's been getting after them pretty good. And that night, long about I don't know how late it was, Mac, but it was after nine, maybe ten o'clock, just as things are closing down. Mac shut the day down by sitting in the dorm with his players, and I think a lot of them were Polynesian, and you were singing songs. Uh, and Mac was right in there singing songs along with them. And I remember turning to one of the players, and I said, you guys really like your coach, don't you? And he and he turned to me and he said, we love Coach Mac. We love him. Mm-hmm. And I'm, <laughs> I, I walked away from that going, man, that's the way it should be. That's the way coaches should feel about their players, and that's the way players should feel about their coach. Well, one thing you learn, you can rip those guys all day long, but at the end of the day, you got to let them know that you love them and that you care for them. Okay, so they, so if you rip them, and you rip them, and rip them, then you just don't even pay any attention to them. Well, then you're going to lose them. But if you rip them, rip them, rip them, at the end of the day, you let them know that you care about them. Then they're going to give you give to them. They're going to give back to you. All right, we are live here today, Southtown Mall. We're in the southwest parking lot for a football Friday. We'll get to more football, including the NFL. Uh, coming up, so uh, make sure and stay tuned for that. But joining us now, he is Todd Shelton, uh, 3M Scott Firefighter Combat Challenge Operations Manager, which, by the way, that sounds like a pretty cool gig. It's not bad, right? It is an amazing gig, and it's been great sitting here listening to you amazing coaches. (laughs) Because the part about this that's amazing is that there is the sport of firefighting, and that's what I represent. And that sport saves a lot of lives and helps a lot of people. It saves lives. And I have to reach out and thank ServPro because at a time in our society when a pandemic has come along and a lot of people are hurting, people don't understand that firefighters, first responders, are still out there working and they need to be training and they need to be able to control their stress levels. Listening to you coaches talking about your players and how you have to love them for them to love you back. That's what you see in the firefighting industry here at the 3M Scott Firefighter Combat Challenge. So cool. So tell us a little bit about what we're in store for today. You bet. Today at 5 o'clock, we're going to have opening ceremonies. In those opening ceremonies, we have some treats coming for you. We have uh, local businesses that have made donations to people that you'll find out about here a little, after a little bit. But about the challenge. The challenge has been in existence for 29 years. We have done over 500 shows all over the United States and Canada. 
We have been promoting physical fitness into the first responders, primarily fire industry, for 29 years. In doing that, you're talking about a brother and sisterhood. You're talking about amazing athletes. You're talking about coaches. That's what you're going to see out here today. Individual firefighters coming out in their full bunker gear, putting on an X3 air pack, Scott, X3 air pack, just as if they're going to a structural fire, climbing and racing up a five-story tower, carrying a 42-pound high-rise pack, going to the very top, hoisting a donut roll, coming all the way down that tower, doing a forcible entry with a kaizable forcible enter machine, which is a 160-pound steel I-beam. Hmm. They hit it with a nine-pound shot mallet, five feet. Then they're going to run through a slalom course, 140 feet of which they're going to grab hold of a fully charged all-American hose with a pock nozzle with a smooth bore on it. They're going to drag that. <laughs> you think of all the things they've done. It's over 240 pounds. They're dragging oh, man. through a saloon door, shooting a target, and now, the thing that is the competition here is you've done all this. Now you have to save somebody. So we have 175-pound simulated rescue Randy that they have to pick up and drag him 75 feet to the finish line. Wow. That's amazing. Whoever thought of all this was kind of mean, right? Um, he was extremely <laughs> mean. Dr. Paul Davis, our owner and founder, is actually where it all came from. The FEMA, in the early 70s, there was a lot of questions in regards to what it took to be a firefighter. So FEMA put a grant out there and gave it to the University of Maryland to do a research study to say, what is the physical requirements of being a firefighter? So that started in the early 70s. They came up with these tasks. Then, Dr. Paul Davis, being one of the researchers on that group in the early 70s, saw at firehouses, they were writing things on the wall, and he goes into a firehouse, he says, what is that? He says, that's our times. They were competing. So he said, hey, what about making it a sport? Mm. And so that's when awesome. the Firefighter Combat Challenge was started 29 years ago. So cool. So very cool. Well, Todd, thank you for jumping on the show. Thanks for putting all this together. This is amazing. What a way to commemorate uh, September 11th as well. You bet. Uh, this, this is so cool. Thanks for letting us be a part of it. We appreciate hey, it. we want to thank you so much. And I want to tell the public, if you want to thank a first responder or thank a firefighter, come out. Yep. It's free. We have a kids challenge. Everything is being sanitized. We're using state-of-the-art sanitizer. Serve Pro has a, they go through all the fire stations and sanitize all the fire stations. They are going to be sanitizing the kids' course. We're going to be sanitizing the main course. So it's a great opportunity to come out and thank those firefighters that just last week, thousands of calls went off because of all the wind yeah. damage. Yep. Yep. Here's an opportunity. Bring your family. Come out and salute and honor the firefighters, let alone honoring 9-11. And it, we're, we're all outside. The weather is gorgeous. It, it's the, really the perfect day for all this. So thank you very much, Todd. We appreciate Thank you for you. having me. All right, more Football Friday coming up next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's Football Friday here on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson, Coach Ron McBride, Alema Harrington with you. We're live from Southtown Mall. We're here in the parking lot. It's uh, the uh, uh, Serve Pro Fighter Fighter Challenge. Uh, we're hanging out here with our friends from Steward Healthcare as well. Uh, and uh, couldn't be a perfect, uh, more perfect place to be, certainly, uh, for a football yeah. Friday on, uh, on September 11th. Uh, we're going to talk football now. We don't have... 
Pac-12 or Mountain West Conference football to talk about, which, of course, is uh, a huge bummer. We'll talk BYU football, but I thought let's bring up a little NFL football while we're at it because the NFL season is underway. We had a, a maybe not the best game ever last night, but I was dialed in start to start to finish. And, and uh, Alema, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Is is he reinventing that quarterback position? You know, every now and then you get a guy that comes in and, and he kind of does that, which you just mentioned, kind of reinvents what the quarterback position looks like. And, and obviously he's been rewarded with a huge contract um, to, to do that. But certainly, you know, the, the things have changed from, you know, the days of really just a, a straight drop back quarterback and, and guys that can do so much more as Mahomes can do. And, um, you know, outside of you know, the leadership, you know, that that's one of the more important qualities, I think, that you look for. Uh, in, in your quarterback is is that leadership component, and he's he has that uh, just you know kind of oozing out of him, and it, you know as Coach Mack was talking about, and and Gordon was sharing that story about you know guys looking at Coach Mack and saying how much they love him, they would you know run through a a brick wall for him. You know you want your quarterback certainly on the offensive side and maybe bleeding into the team overall uh, to to possess those qualities too and the the way that you do that you you earn that you earn that respect by what you do on the field what you do in practice the way that you carry yourself the way that you work and so when I look at Mahomes I you know I feel like that that he has accomplished that like he's got this team right now and um defending Super Bowl champions and and right now certainly after one game under their belt coach they they look like um you know the 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 team to beat I mean they come in as the team to beat as the defending champs well first of all if you if you watch his his body language his body language just tell, tells you that I mean, you could tell by his hand signals. You can tell about when he's audibling. You could tell that he's in complete control. And even when he has a, a got sacked at one time, uh, he just got up, said, "Okay, you know, hey, go on here." And then it really helps that they got great speed at wide receiver. And then that little running back they got out of LSU. He's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's I really mean, good. I mean, he's. I mean. That guy's so strong in the lower body, and plus you can't see him. He's so short, <laughs> you know. And he just bounces in there, and if you don't, if you don't square up and tackle him, he's going to run through the tackle. And that, you know, we'll see how he holds up over the long, you know, over the long haul. But then, their little their crosser that they use in a cross run is so fast that if you're playing man coverage, the guy covering the man he can't keep up yeah. with him. And then the tight end is a big-time player. He understands how to get off coverage. He understands the spacing you have to have to to get open. I mean, so they got a, a lot of things that are surrounding the quarterback that are good, and their offensive line is probably more physical than they were, were a year ago. You know, the left, the left guard, number 70 particularly, I think, you know, I think he really showed up and, and – uh, and I think he did a nice job on the combinations inside, and, and uh, so it was it was a it was a fun game to watch, and particularly to watch him. Gordon, guys, you, uh, you picked guys. Uh, the wait, oh, sorry, go ahead. When we were picking who was going to win, uh, you know, who's going to have the best team, 
yesterday between Jake Austin and I, one of us was smart enough to go with the Chiefs. Oh, the others were picking, not. You just love picking the favorite. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I just, you know. I, Mac and Alima, you can speak to this too. And Jake, uh, leadership out of the quarterback position, how important. Because Mahomes, when I look at Mahomes, he looks like he's about 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And yet he's so good. He's, his talent is remarkable, but his attitude seems to be good. How important is that from a quarterback position? Well, the extremes, it, it gives confidence in everybody else. Because when a guy comes in a huddle and he takes control, and if they got a problem, he takes control. And this guy obviously is a, has a personality, and and he's he's got a good work ethic. So the so the players respect him. When so. I when I look at Mahomes, coach, and and what you just talked about, you know, and, and I you know when I'm thinking uh, locker room and and how you handle that situation, because when when you've just signed a huge contract, right, and and then you walk back into the locker room. There, there might be some guys that might look at you sideways a little bit. Oh, you know, you know, big payday and all the di- different things that, that come along with that. Some guys, they get the payday and they drop off. It's like, okay, I got paid. I got money in the bank. I don't have to worry about anything anymore. And, um, and the players pick on, up on that immediately. Mahomes, after signing the contract, comes back, puts the work in during the offseason, and then, you know, it was obvious to me that he had not lost a step, maybe even picked up a step with his team as far as the respect is concerned. And the, the term that we use, right, is, is there, there's people that command respect. You can't demand it. You know, you have to command it. You, you can go out there and demand it, but that's short-lived. But if you develop it, if you earn it, then, then you're, you're, you're able to command the respect. And that's what I see when I watch that Kansas City team. And, and, and it can bleed into the defense and the special teams and take over everything when you've got a player like Mahomes at the helm. It's, a, it's an earned response. I think where Kansas City is going to get exposed, I don't think their defensive line is great. Yeah. I think, I think they got a couple of guys in the defensive front that you can expose. And it just watching how they use their hands and where their pad level is. So there's, and I forget the numbers, but there's a couple guys in there that, that are a little bit of a drop-off. And then the, the safety, the guy, the other guy out of LSU, the honey badger. Now that guy, he was in college. Mm-hmm. He was amazing in he college. Was amazing, <laughs> but he had a little trouble with, with smoking. He did. Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> that are, uh, left-handed yeah. ones. That are yeah. tainted with uh, <laughs> yeah. something other than regular <laughs> cigarettes. And then, and then, he, and then uh, I think he was at, at Phoenix, right, to begin with? Yeah, the Cardinals. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anybody that would get rid of that guy is, is yeah. not very smart. Yeah. In fact, that I would say this. The people that took the chance on him, because and I was having this comment you know, with, with one of my sons watching the game last night. It's like the majority of the end of those stories for a guy like him, right, is not good. And, and he has really 
been able to bounce back from the early criticism and the life choices that he was making. And, you know, he really had to come in and turn things around to be where he is today. And I give that guy a lot of credit uh, and commend him for the job that he has done to be on the football field. And he's a fun player to watch. I mean, right. you know, when he was in college, it was a lot of a lot of it was his, his punt returns that that were so spectacular. Um, but but I love watching him in part because I have great respect for you know, the way that he's handled handled himself to be on the field and continue to be a leader okay. as opposed yeah. to that story going a very different way and he just kind of, you know, just gets soaked up in, into, you know, whatever the, the community there, there around him and disappears. So, so he, he's making a difference now. The happiest that guy was on the whole days when he beat the tackle on the pass rush. Mm. And he gave him a little arm under, arm over technique. And he's over on the sideline showing all of his boys over there. <laughs> this the is technique. what I did. And I tell you what, the offensive tackle from Texas, when he's in the film room today, the offensive line coach is ripping that guy. Like, you, you got beat by a 190-pound DB like you were his stepchild. All right. We'll, we'll hey, get Jake, to more Jake, right around the corner. Jake, hey, Jake, when we, when we come back, we ought to have Mac and Alema talk about Andy Reid because I bet both of those yes. guys know him, and he's one of the best coaches in the world, man. We should we should ask him about We'll it. get into that. Absolutely, Gordon. Great idea. We'll get into that coming up next. We'll get back into college football uh in the three o'clock hour but joining us now uh libby hammond she's the owner of serve pro of provo and libby thank you very much for coming on with us today how are you i'm good thanks it's good to be here hey talk about being a part of this great event this is so cool and you guys at serve pro are kind of making it happen today yeah so a little history um last year we put this all together and we really didn't know what we were getting into right <laughs> um we just thought it would be fun for the firefighters and and Surpro being a fire and water damage restoration company right. work with you know first responders and so we thought this would be fun for them but when we got here and actually saw what was happening we had people from from florida and from uh, South Carolina and from all over come here to compete and we saw I mean it's amazing to see what they do and and I've I've run the course and I've tried them and I'm I'm telling you they're putting a lot out I was gonna say how'd you do and, well, I've I've done individual parts of it. Okay. I haven't run the whole course. Together. No, I haven't put it together <laughs> because it's hard. It's yeah. really hard. And um, but the thing about it is, is that when we saw that, we just and we saw the people. And I saw there was a, a guy who competed last year who um, he uh, he he. When I saw him, I thought he's going to compete because he didn't look in like firefighter shape, right? Uh-huh. You know. And um, I found out that he had lost a lot of weight to be able to do it. Mm, he well. still had some to do, right? But this gives them something to, to work for. And then a lot of people from around here hadn't done it. And it was it was just impressive. And it, the, the guy that's going to be announcing here is amazing. He is so, I mean, to see there were, there were people that were competing and um, an older gentleman and 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 he was just so encouraging and and you know i mean when they're dragging this dummy mm-hmm. down this course it's all you can do last year they did it on on respirator air and so it was really taxing this year cuz of covid they aren't going to yeah, be able to do that right. but but 
I mean, just you want to give up. They want to give up, but then you know they just keep going and keep pushing, and that's what that's what these guys are all about. So is cool. when it's when it's not comfortable, they continue to push and to do. And so it's really exciting. So because of that, I decided last year that we just had to make this an annual event. And so we have. And in being able to, because it costs quite a bit to put this together, right? Yeah. So in trying to get people to support it, we, de- we developed a 5013C. So it's called um, Helping Local Heroes. And so we're hoping over the years as we build this that it will be able to generate money. Yeah. And today we're going to give... Um, a, a small scholarship, thanks to Shields, they donated some money for awesome. for the family of a firefighter who just passed away. Mm. And he was here in Utah. He for 31 years was a firefighter, and he just passed away. And so we're going to honor that him by giving them some money. Um, so, but the whole other part of this 5013C is to be able to raise funds to help fire departments and police departments with materials that they mm-hmm. need. So we're just in the infancy of that, but we're excited to be able to grow it and to be able to really make a difference with it. Firefighters have a one in four chance of developing a cancer mm-hmm. just because of the carcinogens and the things that are burning and that they're exposing themselves to. And they know that going in, yet because of who they are and their their desire to help people and to serve and to do things, they still go out there and do that. And so today we hope to get people to come on out and to watch this and to support them and to cheer them on and to give them the the respect and the honor that they deserve. Well, Libby, thank you for letting us be a small part of it. Not only is this event I- I- incredible and I'm so excited for it, but what a vision. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations on thank all you. of it. Thanks for letting us kind of tag along. We appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much. All right. We will have more coming up next on a football Friday, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Football Friday on a big show, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Coach Ron McBride, Alema Harrington, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott with you. want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We are here at Southtown Mall. We're hanging out with our friends from Stewart Healthcare. Uh, at the Serve Pro Firefighter Challenge. By the way, thanks to our friends at Stewart Healthcare. Guys, how about this? We get the yeah. the, the cool towel treatment? Yeah, Haley yeah. came over and offered each one of us. We need to cool down a little bit. And, I know. And uh, this is a, a little takeaway. I'm going to take this and put it in my golf bag. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's a good call on that. Yeah. Looking yeah. good, Coach Mack. You look, know, you look nice and cool <laughs> over there. That yeah, blue, look. Coach, that blue looks good on you. That's BYU blue. That, <laughs> now, looks, fan- that looks well, good on you. I think... BYU used to be a light blue. <laughs> right. No, so you're saying what? that's an Aggie blue? Well, it might be, yeah, because I've been spending some time. In, <laughs> you know, when uh, Gary was at Wisconsin, right? Yeah. And I'd go back there. So I'm back there, and the fire department is right across the street from the stadium, right? So there's no parking at Camp Randall for the coaches. Yeah. You know? So you have to park up in the middle of somewhere. So... My buddy, son, was a 
at that fire department, right? I said, so I called him. I said, Larry, I need to go across the street and talk to your kid. So I go over there and I have breakfast with the fireman, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I said, I said, so, you know, I can get you some stuff, you know, from from the football. You know, I said, yeah, no coaches ever come over here. I said, I can get you some stuff, you know, and and I'm going to trade you because I want I want a parking spot with the fire. So so they let me park. So I had a so I had I parked with the fireman right across the street from the stadium. I only had to walk like. 100 yards. <laughs> and, That's awesome. And, and so the question, how'd you get that parking spot over there? I said, that's my boys over there. <laughs> That's hilarious. And so, Beautiful. And so I'd go in, like, if I got there anymore, I'd go in the fire department, rap with the guys, you know, and then. Bounce right over. And I say, hey, you guys need anything? Let me know. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Gordon, you, know, uh, you want hey, to have hey, a conversation? Hey, Jake. Yeah. Jake, before, before we get to that conversation, Mac is connected everywhere. I'm th- yes. I don't know how he does these things, but I play the golf everywhere. course down. I play the golf course down <laughs> at Newport <laughs> Beach. I forget the name of it, Mac. What's the name of that golf course down there? Anyway, oh, yeah, there was, I paid. <laughs> yeah, Pelican Hill. Yeah, Pelican Hills. So I go down there and I have to pay like two hundred bucks to get on the course. And I come back and I say, "Hey, Mac, we're talking about the beach." I say, "Play the golf down there at that golf course." And Mac says, "Oh yeah, I played that course too. I, but I paid it for I played played it for free." I say, "You paid exactly. it for free? How do you get on?" He goes, "I got a friend down there." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So so the guy so I knew the guy there. I called, "Hey man, I'm in town. You know, hey." You know, me and my boys want to play a little golf. Ah, I got no problem. You're good. Taken care of. Yeah. You're good. I'll tell you, all over. It doesn't matter where from Kahuku to Pelican Hills. He's got connections. Dialed in. Yeah. Including Andy Reid. And, uh, Gordon, set up the conversation you want to have about uh, the coach of the Chiefs. Well, I just figure, look, Andy Reid is one of the best. He's, he's probably, what, the second best coach in the NFL behind Belichick? I don't know. He's, he's right up there. And I figure between Mac and Alema, those, these guys probably know him and can probably tell some stories. Well, I think Alema knows him a lot better than I do because, you know, I know one thing that Lavelle absolutely loved that guy. Yeah, you know? and then that that was part of it. You know, the the, the thing that that I you know I think about Andy is is him playing at BYU. But I love these guys, coach, and you can appreciate this. The guys that decide to get into the coaching business and they take it seriously. Like, okay, this this is a this is a, a profession um, that I'm getting into. It's going to be my career, and so they go into it. And they, they, they try to find people that they can learn from, right? And, and then they try to figure out, okay, what's my style going to be? What's my offense going to look like? And one of the things that Lavelle did that was so brilliant for him was that he surrounded himself with great offensive minds, great defensive minds, and especially on the offensive side. And I can speak to this when I was down there in 1984 when we had, you know, you know so many brilliant offensive coaches that had been down there between the Steve Young or the uh, uh, Jim McMahon era and then, then on to, to when, when I was there, we won the, the national championship in 84. And, and Andy was part of that group. 
and he was, you know, there to 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 try to just absorb. I think from Coach um, from Coach Edwards, you know, what his demeanor was going to be like, and then offensively, you know, he took that that West Coast offense uh, onto the NFL. And when I think about Andy Reid, and I don't know him as well as there's other guys that, that have just this great relationship, Vaisika Hamill being one of them because of his years in Philadelphia, right? right? But, you know, the stories that I would hear and, and, and then, you know, occasionally uh, having the opportunity to chat with Coach is, you know, the life experience that this man has been through. Um, and which, which you know, I won't get into, but it, but it's you know, it, there's so many things that that he has been through and been able to right. get through and overcome, including the death of a son, and and that the challenge is there, um, because when you when you look at Andy. And even last night when I was watching, and I'm kind of laughing to myself because he had that that mask yeah, he had on, the right? Mask on, yeah. <laughs> and it was all fogged <laughs> up. Yeah, I'm like, coach, hey, you got to get rid of it. Turn the hat backwards. Hey, you need some hey, ventilation. How you gonna How you gonna call a play? You can't you even get, see it. You can't even see out of your mask. <laughs> and and I was I was laughing because it was all watered up, and, yeah. and I'm thinking. And he's trying to look at his script, yeah. right? So he got the script in front of him. And then the kid that played at Colorado is the guy who sent the plays. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Biennemi? Biennemi. Right? Yeah, 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 Biennemi. Yeah, yeah. yeah Biennemi. So, so, so Biennemi's called the plays in. And so... And then you could see a couple of times Mahomes, Mahomes is giving this. Come on, what is it? Hey, Let's get go. The Let's go. And then Andy's saying, hey, my deal's fogged up. I can't get and, and, be, and he's yelling at me, enemy, right? Hey, you got this? And Mahomes is yeah. giving this. And Andy Reid's going, this? But, you know, you think about Coach Reed and, and – um, you know, again, back to the time when he was at BYU, Coach Holmgren was there too, right? Right, and and uh, and Scoville, uh, some of these great, brilliant offensive minds, right? And and uh, they they were really they were developing that that West Coast offense, which now has has really um, has evolved into what we see on the field now with Coach Reed and what he had with uh, with Alex um, prior to 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 Mahomes, um, but. You know, when I look at him, I, I see something similar to, to coach, and it's harder, I think, maybe at the NFL level to, to get this kind of buy-in and, um, you know, this, this family feel uh, on the NFL level than it is at the college level. Harder to do that, but he's found a way to, to do that. This buy-in well, I tell is you what, so it, critical. What you're talking about, it, in, a, in a pro locker room and around it, you know, you got a lot of you got a lot of egos in there, <laughs> based on some based on money. Yeah, how much money you make, and some guys it goes to their head, and they become bigger than you know. For instance, one of my guys got hired at 49ers, right? And and so they so he had a meeting, and so they so I get a call from Terry Donahue, and he says now. You tell your guy when he comes to work for us that that he has anything. He doesn't answer to the head coach. He doesn't answer to to any of the players. He just answers to me. He works for me. I said I got it. He said, but there's only one guy. He said if he if he calls him at midnight, wants him to pick him up, or he has a girlfriend coming in at the airport and he wants to pick him up, or if he wants 
anything he wants, you do whatever he asks you to do. And that was Terrell Owens. Oh, but he, wow. He said, yeah, so if Terrell wants something, no matter what it is, you do it for him. But otherwise, you don't have anything to do with the players. So I'm thinking, so I'm thinking, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking well, Billy, I guess you're going to be Terrell Owens's uh, you Don't know. say it, Coach. No, I won't say yeah, it. Yeah, assistant, <laughs> assistant. Personal assistant. Exactly. Personal assistant, yeah. right. I was trying to think of a good yeah, word. Yeah, that's it. We'll right. go with that. It is a football Friday. We're here in Southtown Mall. We'll have I more. Know, I know what you were thinking. Oh, I know what you were thinking. That's yeah. you were thinking. Oh, yeah. Uh, one step ahead of you, Coach. Well, you guys, I got you. The guys, you, guys, you guys always know because they have to bleep, bleep me out. Yeah, on occasion. Yeah. Not yet today, though. No, All right, not we'll, yet have, today. we'll have more coming <laughs> next. Hey, you saved me. I was trying to. Yeah. I was trying to come up with a yeah. word. Austin, man that dumb button. Be careful. Yeah. Football Friday morning, X97.5 and 1280 <laughs> The Zone. That was-